Uh, you're listening to Ingredipedia, a factual food fight podcast where each episode my co-host Emily Naismith and I pick apart a food, have a fight about it, swap some facts. My name's Ben Birchall and uh, Emily, hi. Hello. I'm very excited to um, talk about tofu tonight. I think it's going to be a good one. What, what are you basing that on? Um, on the fact that you just told me that you just rushed your facts and I'm, I'm coming off a loss. Um, our last episode, Oysters, you beat me by a couple of, couple of votes on Instagram. How so many? Because I know you know. How many? I don't actually know the specifics, but it was about six. About six. Oof. And one of them was very harsh. I spoke to my dad um, after the podcast went up. Yeah. He was like very supportive of me and everything yeah. I do. And he said, oh, Ben, ben really killed you on that one, didn't he? <laughs> wow. Thank you, Craig. Wow. Mm. I'm, okay. Well, I've got, a, I've got a rep to protect yeah. now. Now I'm doing this for Dad. <laughs> okay. Well, so am I. Um, <laughs> is that weird? feels a bit weird. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about the 2,000-year-old uh, fermented soy milk curd known as tofu. Let's do it. So I'm going to do dessert first tonight. Um, so when I think about tofu and I think about dessert, they're like two separate circles of a Venn diagram. Um, I don't know if I've ever really had that many sweet tofu dishes that have been memorable or good. So in my travels across the internet, I came across a dish called tofu fa, which is a Chinese tofu pudding. And I thought I'd try it out because it sounds very comforting. Okay. Um, we all need and comfort. we all need comfort. Yeah. I'm crumbling. Now, now more than ever. <laughs> yes. Um, so it, honestly, like when I read this recipe, it's the comfort level sounds on par with stuff like lasagna mm. and chocolate pudding. That's high. It's very high. Um, so tofu fa is silken tofu in a sweet ginger sugar broth. And you can make it in less than 10 minutes, which is what you want um, when you want comfort food. Now, now more than ever. <laughs> Now more than ever. Um, so what you do is boil some water, fresh ginger, brown sugar and Chinese rock sugar together until the rocks of sugar have dissolved. So about 10 minutes. And then you just put some silken tofu, which is the super soft kind, um, in a bowl and then pour the hot broth on top. So the tofu is cold and the broth is hot. Ah. And I reckon that'll taste really good. So like a like a dessert soup almost. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know. If it, I guess I'm, I'm going I'm – go, I think it's more of a pudding than a soup. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Soup doesn't give me comforting vibes. Soup is like annoying because you have to keep like bringing the spoon to your mouth. <laughs> so <laughs> – when you said that, it instantly tarnished it for me. Yeah. But I, I made it like I made it about hmm, an hour and a half ago, um, and I kept the hot broth in my little thermos, so we can have it now. Oh wow! Um, Excuse me for a sec. This is uh, and look, letting you behind the curtain. This is the first time we've made uh, an Ingredipedia IRL since twenty eighteen, mm. which is roughly four <laughs> years ago. So this is very. I haven't got to road test any of Emily's food for quite a while. So I've just got okay. a, a few scoops of silken tofu in a bowl right. and now I'm pouring on my ginger yep. sugary broth, um, which is still pretty hot it it's seems. Very, it's very gingery. It smells great. 
So you normally make this Chinese tofu pudding with soy milk and something like gypsum powder or something, which is the, a coagulant that makes the soy milk become solid. Uh-huh. But that sounds very hard and annoying. And also it doesn't use tofu, which is the name of the game tonight. Kind of sounds like you're making your own tofu, which is not. No. Not, not comforting. That's not comforting. Not easy. Now more than ever. <laughs> not what we need right now. <laughs> Do you mix it together or are you just. I think you just. Um, just go for it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm. It's actually really good. And like, obviously the tofu you can't really taste, but it's like, has a really good texture and the coldness with the heat. Yeah. You can taste the tofu. (laughs) No, I uh, I, I can, but like, what does tofu taste like? Exactly. It's It's kind kind of of like a, a vehicle. It is a vehicle. Yeah, exactly. It's got a slight nuttiness to it, but mm. it's like, you know. Yeah. Okay. I'm into this. Yeah. This is comforting. <laughs> um, and like, sure, it's got a lot of sugar, but it's also got tofu. So yeah. that's, it's basically it's 100% <laughs> healthy in my view. 100%. It's definitely not going to send my blood sugar skyrocketing <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, well, we'll just... Dial two zeros into the phone and see how we go. <laughs> so there's a new comfort food for you to try, Torfufa. Get on it. So, Emily, you found it pretty easy to find tofu for that last recipe, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Like it's pretty it's pretty readily available in the Western world, would you say? Like Definitely multiple variations at standard supermarket. Standard supermarket. Like I at, reckon there was eight. Yeah. At my local Asian supermarket, it's literally a whole aisle. Well, of yeah, tofu. An Asian supermarket. Yeah, you're looking mm. at a whole a whole aisle. Even at a regional, I live in regional Victoria. Yeah. Regional Coles, I reckon eight or ten types of tofu. Yeah, um, it wasn't always like that. It's obviously it's it's a very old Chinese dish, two thousand years old. But uh, I'd like to salute three people who I think are partly responsible for the availability of tofu. And the prevalence of tofu in Western cooking. So I'm going to – this is a salute to three people. And, the, and, and it's going in reverse order of, of – uh, uh, reverse chronological order. So the first person I want to talk about is a guy called Seth Tibbet. Okay. Seth Tibbet is the founder of a company called Tofurky. Ooh, interesting. So in 1980 – uh, inspiration struck for the uh, hippie entrepreneur Seth Tibbet. He he owned uh, a, 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 a tempeh company, um, and he was kind of make, trying to make tempeh a thing. And he lived in a three hundred square foot treehouse in northern Oregon. Uh, and then he thought he'd try uh, a, a tofu related product that could be eaten at Thanksgiving because he felt as a vegetarian, somebody who was left out from the Thanksgiving table. Um, and Tofurky was born. It was a, a, a tofu loaf, mm. spiced and, and kind of seasoned like you would a, a, a turkey. So it's not different types of tofu shoved inside. No, it's not like a tadakan. That's a shame. Yeah. Um, oh, right, tadakan. Yeah. Right. Okay. No, ter- That's not what we're talking about. No. You're just talking about a straight up substitute for t- turkey. Straight up substitute okay. for turkey. It was a, a, a tofu loaf with some tempeh uh, drumsticks. Um, 
side note, do you remember in our turkey episode when I think I gave you food poisoning? <laughs> no, you gave Pat food poisoning. Yeah, okay. I, I well, I'm survived. Glad it didn't extend to you yeah, as well. Yeah, I was fine. <laughs> um, so, no, it's not Tadakan, it's not turkey that you tried to poison uh, your your husband and me with. Uh, the It is, yeah, a, a, to, a tofu loaf that yeah. is is basically um, designed to, to replace turkey at Thanksgiving. But um, in 2018, they sold their 5 millionth tofurkey. So we're talking like, yeah, this is this is big business now. Um, mm. I don't know if he still lives in a tree house, but Seth Tibbet really brought tofu to the tables of, of Americans and brought it into, I think, the, um, the consci- consciousness of people as well. Like it's... Um, like, you know, you've heard of tofurkey, even if you've never eaten one. I mean, you thought it was a tadakan, but that's fine. Um, it's a joke on late night TV. He basically, he was an evangelist for tofu and he spread it throughout the Western world. So thank you, Seth. But where did Seth get the idea that that tofu might be something that uh, that might be um, kind of uh, uh, introducible, if that's a word, to, to, the, to American tables? Well, the second person I want to... Uh, salute is Francis Moore Lapp or Lappe who wrote a book in 1971 called Diet for a Small Planet. The book has sold over 3 million copies and was groundbreaking for arguing that world hunger is not caused by a lack of food but by ineffective food policy. And so in addition it was a, a sort of a, a, a evangelistic kind of uh, diatribe about basically you know we have enough food if we eat differently. And so it was it also um, it had uh, information on meat production and its impact on hunger. It had simple rules for a healthy diet and hundreds of meat-free recipes, including lots of tofu recipes. Like um, I think there was like basically like a scrambled tofu, which we would just go and get at a cafe now, was mm. pretty groundbreaking for the Western diet in 1971. And Seth Tibbet read this book and uh, and was turned on to, to tofu and started his company nine years later. So Tibbet read... Lappe's book brought um, and brought tofu to the masses. But okay, where did Francis Moore Lappe get the idea for recipes like fried spiced tofu? Who introduced tofu to America? I'm going to go way back to 1770 because maybe the person who introduced tofu to America was Benjamin Franklin. Mm. Now, I know you don't know anything about American history, so I will tell you that uh, for those playing along at home, he was an American polymath. Uh, who was, and I got this from a little site called Wikipedia, uh, who was active as a writer, scientist, inventor, statesman, diplomat, printer, publisher, and political philosopher. Among the leading intellectuals of his time, Franklin was one of the founding fathers of the United States, a drafter and signer of the United States Declaration of Independence, the first United States Postmaster General, and he is on the $100 bill. But on top of that, he's also a keen botanist, and when he was in London, in 1770, according to Smithsonian Magazine, he wrote excitedly to a friend on the subject of a mysterious Chinese cheese that he called Taofu. Um, the letter uh, is preserved in the papers of Benjamin Franklin, dates to January 1770. It was addressed to his friend John Bartram. It said, uh, and he actually sent some soybeans and uh, and some news about this wonderful uh, soybeans. He said, I send some dried peas, um, P-E-A-S-E, highly esteemed here as the best for making peas soup. 
and also some Chinese garavances, which um, is an old oldie worldie term for beans, like um, garbanzo beans comes from the same the same root. Uh, with Father Navaretta, who was a, a Italian uh, food philosopher, uh, Father Navaretta's account of the universal use of a cheese made of them in China. So, in seventeen seventy. The first soybeans and potentially the first mention of tofu landed on American shores with thanks to Benjamin Franklin. Now, there's no proof that he ever grew soybeans or garavances, as he called them, um, or whether he made tofu, but he was aware of them. He spread the word about them 200 years before tofurkey was invented. So I'm going to salute Benjamin Franklin, Francis Moore Lappe, and Seth Tippett. You left this, the building quite a long time ago, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I was stuck on this cheese thing. Um, I, I, when I think about tofu, I never think about it being like cheese. Mm. But then during this research, apparently you make it in a similar way to mozzarella. And when you think about it, it does have kind of mozzarella vibes. Yeah. Obviously, like, nowhere near as good out of the package. No. But, um, yeah, one of the facts I was, like, dabbling in, like, I saw someone made... Um, like blue cheese tofu, like a vegan blue cheese. And I was going to do that. And I'm like, oh, no, it just sounds absolutely <laughs> terrible. I'm not interested. Yeah, no. Thank you, for, <laughs> thank you for making this sweet ginger one. That was quite delightful. So tofu is kind of known as like a sponge or like a vehicle, as we were saying before. But, yeah, yeah. a sponge that soaks up flavor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and my queen, Hetty McKinnon, um, cookbook mm-hmm. author and food writer, her most recent cookbook's um, to Asia with love. Very good. She says, she said this on ABC Everyday um, article, which is where she also publishes a lot of her recipes. She says, know that when you cook with it, it will absorb whatever flavors you surround it with. And if it doesn't taste like anything, that's on you. So when I cook with tofu, just like generally in stir fries and stuff, I like it and it adds to the to- it adds to the oh, mix, but it's not like I dream about tofu. Mm-hmm. Or anything like that. Yeah. Like like I think about the tofu in like laksas that I get at Malay Mass. They're like, that tofu is the best. Yeah. And so I'm going to be the first to say, user error on my part. So for this fact, I wanted to research how to use tofu in basic stuff like stir fries and make it taste really good. Yeah. Happy to say, found the jackpot. It's also really easy. Sensing a theme with my facts. But um, apparently all you have to do is throw it in the freezer ah. and then defrost it. Okay. So the freezer changes tofu and it actually transforms it. It becomes, um, it's like texture becomes denser and spongier and it gets like heaps of little coral reef like holes um, because when it goes into the freezer, the ice crystals, um, the water in the tofu turns into ice Mm. and then the ice crystals thaw when you put it back in the fridge and they seep out in the form of water, leaving the little holes they formed behind. And a new kind of tofu product is born, um, which soaks up the flavours so much better. Mm. And it's like, it has a better texture as well. So all I did was like buy firm tofu and like cut it up into little cubes that I was going to use in the stir fry. Okay. And then put it in a container in the freezer and then just brought it out the day before I was going to use it. So it defrosted by the time that I made the stir fry. And I just made a really basic stir fry, which is basically all I do, but um, with like onion, garlic, um, ginger, oyster sauce, soy sauce, 
enoki mushrooms, normal mushrooms and bok choy. And it was so good, mm. so much better than what I usually do. So describe how it was, was it more absorbent? Yeah, more absorbent and because kind of like when I usually use it, um, my normal method is to like cook it first in the stir fry so it gets crispy on the outside and then add it back in with the sauce at the end, Yeah, which is good. Like the crispy bits um, absorb some of the sauce and so the edges taste good. But then I'm left with like quite nothingness in the middle. Yeah. Um, but this way, so I didn't do that frying off thing. I just kind of like added it to the stir fry in layers yep. and it tasted so much better. Wow. It wasn't like crispy on the edge, but like the flavors were all the way through it. Yeah, right. Mm. It was very good. Okay. So clear some room in your freezer yeah. because um, yeah, there's no going back once you've tried this. Interesting you should give us that tip about freezing tofu and mention pressing tofu. Because I want to talk about pressing tofu, okay. which you're not into it. I haven't tried. Mm. It seems like a lot to get the paper towel out and do that and yep. then peel the paper towel off and not get any paper towel on the tofu. Yeah, like. yeah. okay. Well, uh, I've been reading up a lot of episodes. Uh, sorry. I've been reading up a lot of recipes throughout mm. the last couple of weeks while we were um, uh, researching this episode. And a lot of them did say, press your tofu. Uh and I've never done it before. And yeah, to your point, seems like a bit of a pain. But, and spoiler alert for my next fact, I did cook something and I did press the tofu. Uh, and uh, I did it because uh, I read a handy article from a few weeks ago in the Washington Post that dedicates what feels like about 5,000 words to the <laughs> subject of pressing and draining tofu. It's called How to Press Tofu. Actually, I think the full uh, title is How to Press tofu or decide if it's even necessary by becky crystal on july 5th 2022 in the washington post um and yeah she says that it, it is kind of important particularly if you're going to fry the tofu to get the moisture out it creates a crispier kind of surface um and you're treating it more like like you would a meat basically um so yeah you treat it like any other um, protein, meaning you should do your best to encourage browning for better flavor and appearance. Um, and also don't forget to season the tofu. That was one of the tips in the article. Um, so there's a lot of methods that um, that this very long article points out. One is draining on towels, which is not even pressing it, just like um, slice or cube the tofu, let the pieces rest in a clean, um, on clean like uh, tea towels or dish towels. Um, if you're American, that's what you say apparently. Um, and just kind of let it dry or even just pat it dry. Like that's, that's a good start. Um, another tip is dry brining where you um, sprinkle it with salt yep. um, and leave it for 10 to 20 minutes and then give it a wipe and it, and it draws the moisture out. It's kind of like what you do to eggplant. Or, yeah, zucchini. Or zucchini, yeah. Um, another one is microwaving. You can just wrap it in a in a in a tea towel and put it in the microwave for a minute. That um, seems like a lot of potential for error. Yeah, you do have to let the tofu cool before you cook it. Um, and then there's rinsing, there's wringing. Like you can just wring it out in a, mm. like a, particularly if you're crumbling the tofu, yeah, you can just okay. wring it out. But I did press it, so um, that's where I I, I got uh, some paper towel, two two sheets of of um, paper towel tofu two sheets of paper towel, chopping block, mm. big pot on top, 
half an hour, so much moisture comes out of it. Yeah, it's crazy. Like so much moisture, and then uh, I I won't jump ahead too much, but um, it really did make it kind of firmer and I don't know meatier. I guess it was like because it was a bit more compressed, it was a bit less sloppy. I think that's one yeah, of the things. Okay. Like, it, like obviously silken tofu. Like you want some dishes, you want them to be kind of sloppy, yeah. but for the ones where you want it firm, I'm I'm a convert to pressing. But am I a convert enough? to purchase a tofu press, uh, which is a thing. Yeah, and I'm I know sure you, you you've all, got one yeah, on order you, from. You always <laughs> talk about how many kitchen gadgets I have and, okay, I do have one of those things that turned turn zucchinis into zoodles. But that was just – that was $6. It was you never use that anymore. Not anymore. I haven't used it for a while. <laughs> um, the, uh, and I had a look on Amazon, um, the Tofuture Tofu Press. It's, um, yeah, it's $49.99. Oh, it's actually gone – it's thirty nine ninety nine. Is that gone down in price since I <laughs> researched this yesterday? Um, it uh, is. Yeah, I mean, you can have a have a look at it. It's a. Uh, it's like a. I don't yeah, know. It's like a. Looks like a lunchbox. Kind of looks like a lunchbox, and it's got rubber bands, and you put the tofu in it, and then you put the top on it, and then you then the, you sort of tighten it with it's rubber just bands. It's a waste of plastic. Yes, it is a waste of plastic, according to a whole bunch of one star reviews that I read. Uh, that that say that exact thing. Um, it yeah less. Uh, water came out of it than if you just like wiped it off. Um, yeah, you'll be able to squeeze more water out of, t- um, of the tofu with your hands and some kitchen paper. It doesn't apply enough pressure. Don't waste your time. Uh, yeah, I, I was sick of cleaning up the mess from a heavy pot sitting on top of it, but now I don't have to worry about cleaning up the mess because this terrible <laughs> tool doesn't squeeze one drop of liquid out of the block of uh, out of a block of tofu. Or it's it's so cheaply made, it's it's gone into landfill and, you know. Yeah, sounds like you get some off the hard rubbish pile. I reckon I'm going <laughs> to keep an eye out at my local uh, local secondhand stores for a, uh, a tofu press, but I'm not going uh, to spend my hard-earned on it, although I am a convert. So press, yes. Tofu press that costs $39.99, not, not so much. Okay, so this fact is about tofu, um, so it's 100% on topic. I just want to get that in writing uh-huh, up front. Uh-huh. Yeah. Agree? Uh, if it's about tofu, it's on topic? <laughs> I think maybe the voters are going to decide. <laughs> well, um, voters, you're going to have to extend some liberties here because it's not strictly on the topic of tofu, mm-hmm. it's the food. So my favourite kind of tofu is the dog tofu, <laughs> specifically okay. tofu chan, the insta-famous Shiba Inu. Um, uh, the Instagram handle is Tofu Papa for those playing along at home. Mm-hmm. So as in P-U-P-P-E-R. Yep. Yep. So you, do That's, you follow Tofu? I don't follow Tofu. Okay. So Tofu is not just your standard cute dog on Instagram. It's more of a lifestyle slash state of mind. Um, tofu's videos make me smile so much and feel so happy. He's truly the greatest influencer I follow. And I mean that in the truest sense of the world word like he has 280,000 followers but he honestly influences everywhere everyone all over the world to feel better and don't we need some of that at the moment now more than ever (laughs) I'm constantly scrounging around on the floor of the internet trying to get a sweet (laughs) hit of dopamine at any chance I can so I just love tofu and so I want to play you one of these videos okay and because you're listening to the podcast just imagine that there's a super cute Shiba Inu in frame with kind of um, like kind of like looking deep into your eyes, mm. smiling, 
while the captions kind of read out the audio that you hear. So it's kind of like tofu talking to you. Okay. Okay. When I was in school, my teacher said to me, Tofu-chan, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, a piece of cheese. My teacher said, no, you don't understand the question. I said, you don't understand life. <laughs> Goodbye for now. That is, that's profound. It's very good. Mm. Um, so I've kind of loved Tofu for a while and always just assumed that he was living in Japan for obvious reasons. But when I worked in Collingwood a few years ago, I swear to God, I saw Tofu on the streets all the time. Um, of course, waiting out the front of very cool cafes to feed his um, bread obsession. Yeah. And I thought at the time, it can't really be tofu. I'm probably just mistaking a run-of-the-mill Shiba Inu mm. for the tofu. But happened a few times and I really concentrated on him. And it was 100% tofu. I could just feel the positive vibes. Um, so I texted my sister. I'm like, I think I just saw tofu and snuck a kind of sneaky pic. And she said, yeah, he lives in Melbourne. What? So celeb sighting. That's maybe like, <laughs> are we thinking maybe like Moomba, king, like King of Moomba in the future? Like that's what... He's too good for Moomba. <laughs> that's what Melbourne, like for international listeners, uh, that is the highest honour bestowed upon a Melbourneian is to be the, the king of, or queen of our Easter time festival where mm. people water ski on our brown river. <laughs> um, wow, I didn't, I, I, I know of Tofu Papa. Um, yeah. I did not know Tofu, that Tofu yeah. was from Melbourne. So I was too much wow. of a fangirl to say anything. Well, um, be, how could you? And too embarrassed to kind yeah. of say anything to the owner. But I've since done a bit of research. And so the account's run by three guys, Dylan Jones, Tomoya Kawasaki and Joseph Gatti. And so there's an interview with Dylan Jones on SBS where he talks about why he started the account. And he said, I had an Instagram account for him, but it was just photos I took. I wanted people to be able to feel the love I got from mm -hmm. Tofu and I didn't think it came across in photos. So I had this idea with my friend Tamoya to make these videos. My idea was to make very loving, wholesome content that people could enjoy that really expressed how Tofu made me feel. So Dylan writes the script, then Tamoya voices it and Joseph edits the video. And just to tie this whole thing back to food, <laughs> Tamoya owns, so the voice of Tofu owns restaurants Wabi Sabi, oh. Neko Neko and Choto Moto in Collingwood. Wow. Which are all very good Japanese restaurants. Yeah. And I, and very cool too. And so I reckon if there's anywhere in the world that you're most likely to come across the Tofu-chan, it would be outside one of those restaurants. Yeah. And also Choto Moto's crispy chili oil is an absolute go-to for me. Oh, There's really? Mami Papi and Chotomoto are the, the chili oils of choice. Um, and also at Chotomoto, they used to have, I'm not sure if they still have it, um, but they had a phone where it was like the tofu phone. And I think you could talk to tofu on the phone. Does, can I ask you a question? Does it, does it make you feel less um, moved by tofu to know that it's the product of three like um, three guys in Melbourne or, does it, or no. is that better? I think it's actually better because like, yeah. well, obviously it's not him talking, but um, <laughs> no, what? I know I do follow a lot of Instagram dogs and you get to know the owners. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I'm yeah. going to keep an eye out. We're, we're not far from Collingwood right now. Yeah. Maybe we'll see him <laughs> a bit later. Oh, tofu. Okay. Okay. I feel like I've, 
let the cat out of the bag that I prepared something. I pressed some tofu last night mm-hmm. and uh, to, to make a dish. Uh, and I want to talk about something that, that tofu, I find that tofu dishes, and just tofu in general is lacking, and that's bacon. Yeah, that's true because lots of tofu dishes are vegetarian. That's the thing. In Western food, in modern Western food, tofu is so often used as a meat replacement when it's actually a delicious meat accompaniment and that's mm. how it's used a lot in Asian cooking is like, you know, mapu tofu might have pork mince through it or, um, yeah, like lots of stir fries with meat and and tofu. So I found basically on this, um, this blog, a Japanese food blog that's been going since 2003 called Just Hungry, run by a woman called Makiko Ito, um, probably the simplest meat-related tofu dish I could find. It's bacon-wrapped tofu. Interesting. It's okay. exactly what it says on the box. Uh, on the blog, she says, this is actually not an uncommon dish in Japanese households. It's either uh, it's called either just bacon tofu or tofu bacon or even bacon tofu steak. Um, and it does have a steakiness about it. So the salty baconness of the bacon infuses the bland tofu and the two marry together to become a tasty morsel that's good, hot or cold. It's salty, crispy on the outside, soft on the inside. Now, I've tried it hot, ate it last night, uh, really far too late in the evening <laughs> after the kids had gone to bed, fried up some tofu, and it was really good, and I gave some to my partner, and uh, I was like, yeah, do you want to try this? And she um, loved it. She was just like, man, this is good. So I think I'm going to press tofu again. I'm going to make this again. So um, it's uh, a block of firm tofu pressed, um, I think it was about half an hour I pressed it for, get all the moisture out of it. You wrap it in bacon. Um, leaner bacon is preferred according to this recipe. And it actually says you can use prosciutto. And I think prosciutto would work better because mm. you kind of it's, – it's better for wrapping. The bacon I used was maybe a little thick. It didn't hold together as well. So really thin bacon or prosciutto. Um, and then it says optional brown sugar and soy sauce. And I'm like, you don't need to talk to me about no, putting ketchup minus on anything. <laughs> um, and – but, you know, the thing is, I, I was like, brown sugar and chili sauce, I'm sorry, that's ketchup minus, I'm, I'm an Indo kid. Like, and then I looked, I've moved house recently and all my ketchup minus got thrown out in the move. Oh, no. My grandpa would be so upset with me. I didn't, so I had to make, um, yeah, like dark soy sauce and, um, yeah, really kind of dark brown sugar. So I uh, made a, a treacly soy sauce. Now, I've tried it hot. Emily, now I have it cold. I'm sorry that it's cold. but <laughs> That's okay. Um, I can imagine. It's like MasterChef. And I also um, had some finely di- uh, chopped red chilli and some coriander just to okay. church it up a bit. It's better hot. Mm. I can imagine. But no, it tastes really good. So how did you – so you used the soy and the um, – mm sugar to like fry the tofu and then you wrap the bacon in? No. So I probably could have done that. Mm. I did it a little bit backwards. Um, I fried it first and then I cleaned the pan out um, to get rid of all the sort of bacony bits and then I just kind of poured the the soy and brown sugar over the top and gave yeah. it a sort of secondary fry and just let it caramelise. Um, it looks kind of looks a lot like um, pork belly. It does, yeah. And it really takes on it, – it, yeah, it feels like you're eating pork belly – only it's only a little bit of bacon and a lot of tofu. Well, even just eating bacon is an absolute <laughs> treat because we've been having um, 
vegan bacon in our house because my son is an absolute fiend for bacon. If I buy the real stuff, he'll just request it every <laughs> meal. So he, now he's forgotten what real bacon is and we just have this inferior substitute. So this is like, it was going to be good. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I'm not used to this much chili though. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. There was, there was chili on it. Um, yeah, I would definitely do this again. It would be a good... Um, like when I had it, I was like, I instantly wanted a beer with it. Mm. Like really good beer snack. Um, maybe some grated peanuts over the top, really kind of. Um, but yeah, it's definitely going to become uh, an appetizer of choice in my household. So what did we talk about? First up, I spoke about tofu fa, the um, Chinese tofu pudding. It's delicious. I'm eating it again. <laughs> And I think you spoke about... Oh, yeah. About. Sorry, I'm too busy. <laughs> um, then I spoke about three giants of the tofu world, uh, Seth Tibbet, Francis uh, <laughs> Moore Lappe, and Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, I was going to say you got that name wrong. Yep. I definitely remember all that. <laughs> um, and <laughs> my second fact was about freezing tofu and how much better that makes it. And my second fact was about pressing tofu and how much better that makes it. And then I spoke about Tofu the Dog, which is 100% on topic. Uh, yeah, the voters will decide. And I spoke about bacon-wrapped tofu and how delicious it is. Mm -hmm. So, as always, you can vote for whose facts you found the most interesting on our Instagram, which is Ingredipedia. Um, yeah, Ben and will have a photo up there. I'll have a photo and you just hit like on mine. Hit the like you like on, on the better, the better fact. Um, just Emily's dad, if you, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you can also hit us on ingredipedia.com to suggest an ingredient, say hi, offer us food, foodstuffs. Yeah. We're not, we're not proud. We'll take anything. <laughs> Um, it's actually ingredientpedia.com.au. I should remember that. <laughs> there you go. Um, Emily, good to see you, IRL listeners. Nice. Thank Thanks you for, for the food. Ah, uh, thank you for the food. I'm going to go back and have a little bit more. <laughs>